On today's episode of Faith in Focus, I am going to continue the reading of the book Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. And as always, at the end of each chapter, there's going to be a couple discussion questions. You can read the discussion questions in the show notes, and you can follow on my Facebook page. The link will be in the show notes if you want to to join the discussion that we're going to be having about this chapter, chapter five of Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray, and I hope you enjoy it. If you've been a listener of Faith and Focus for a while, I would encourage you to become a supporter of the ministry by becoming a monthly donor. Your generous donations allow me to continue working within faith and recording new content. You can find a link to my donation page in the show notes for this episode. Thank you. Day 5. As you came to him by faith. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Colossians 2, 6-7 In these words, the apostle teaches us the weighty lesson that it is not only by faith that we first come to Christ and are united to him, but that it is by faith that we are to be rooted and established in our union with Christ. Not less essential than for the commencement is faith, for the progress of the spiritual life. Abiding in Jesus can only be by faith. There are earnest Christians who do not understand this, or if they admit it in theory, they fail to realize its application in practice. They are very zealous for a free gospel with our first acceptance of Christ and justification by faith alone. But after this, they think everything depends on our diligence and faithfulness. While they firmly grasp the truth, the sinner shall be justified by faith, they have hardly found a place in their scheme for the larger truth, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 They have never understood what a perfect Savior Jesus is and how he will each day do for the sinner just as much as he did the first day when he came to him. They do not know that the life of grace is always and only a life of faith, and that in the relationship to Jesus, the only daily and unceasing duty of the disciple is to believe. Because believing is the one channel through which divine grace and strength flow out into the heart of man. The old nature of the believer remains evil and sinful to the last, and it is only as he daily comes, all empty and helpless, to his Savior to receive of his life and strength that he can bring forth the fruits of righteousness to the glory of God. Therefore it is, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, abounding in it with thanksgiving. As you came to Jesus, so abide in him by faith. 
And if you want to know how faith is to be exercised in abiding in Jesus this way, to be rooted more deeply and firmly in him, you have only to look back to the time when you first received him. You remember well what obstacles at that time there appeared to be in your way of your believing. There was first your vileness and guilt. It appeared impossible that the promise of pardon and love could be for such a sinner. Then there was the sense of weakness and death. You didn't feel the power for the surrender and the trust to which you were called. And then there was the future. You dared not undertake to be a disciple of Jesus while you felt so sure that you could not remain standing, but would speedily again be unfaithful and fall. These difficulties were like mountains in your way. And how were they removed? Simply by the word of God. That word, as it were, compelled you to believe that notwithstanding guilt in the past and weakness in the present and unfaithfulness in the future, the promise was sure that Jesus would accept and save you. On that word, you ventured to come and you were not deceived. You found that Jesus did indeed accept and save. Apply this, your experience in coming to Jesus, to the abiding in him. Now, as then, the temptations to keep you from believing are many. When you think of your sins, since you became a disciple, your heart is cast down with shame. And it looks as if it were too much to expect that Jesus should indeed receive you into perfect intimacy and the full enjoyment of his holy love. When you think how utterly in the times past you have failed in keeping the most sacred vows, the consciousness of present weakness makes you tremble at the very idea of answering the Savior's command with the promise, Lord, from now on I will abide in you. And when you set before yourself the life of love and joy, of holiness and fruitfulness, which is in the future are to flow from abiding in him, it is as if it only serves to make you still more hopeless. You, at least, can never attain to it. You know yourself too well. It is no use expecting it, only to be disappointed. A life fully and wholly abiding in Jesus is not for you. Oh, that you would learn a lesson from the time of your first coming to the Savior. Remember, dear soul, how you then were led, contrary to all that your experience, all your feelings, and even your sober judgment said, to take Jesus at his word, and how you were not disappointed. He did receive you and pardon you. He did love you and save you. You know it. And if he did this for you when you were an enemy and a stranger, what think you now that you are his own? Will he not much more fulfill his promise? Oh, that you would come and begin simply to listen to his word and to ask only the one question, does he really mean that I should abide in him? The answer his word gives is so simple and so sure. By his almighty grace, you now are in him. And that same almighty grace will indeed enable you to abide in him. By faith, you became partakers of the initial grace. And by that same faith, you can enjoy the continuous grace of abiding in him. And if you ask what exactly it is that you now have to believe that you may abide in him, the answer is not difficult. Believe, first of all, what he says. 
I am the vine. The safety and the fruitfulness of the branch depend upon the strength of the vine. Think not so much of yourself as a branch, nor of the abiding as your duty, until you have first had your soul filled with the faith of what Jesus as the vine is. He really will be to you all that a vine can be, holding you firmly, nourishing you, and making himself every moment responsible for your growth and your fruit. Take time to know and set yourself heartily to believe, my vine, on whom I can depend for all I need, is Christ. A large, strong vine bears the weak branch and holds it more than the branch holds the vine. Ask the Father, by the Holy Spirit, to reveal to you what a glorious, loving, mighty Christ this is, in whom you have your place and your life. It is the faith in which Christ is, more than anything else, that will keep you abiding in him. A soul filled with large thoughts of the vine will be a strong branch and will abide confidently in him. Be much occupied with Jesus and believe much in him as the true vine. And then, when faith can well say, he is my vine, let it further say, I am his branch, I am in him. I speak to those who say they are Christ's disciples, and on them I cannot too earnestly press the importance of exercising their faith in saying, I am in him. It makes the abiding so simple. If I realize clearly as I meditate, now I am in him, I see at once that there is nothing lacking but just my consent to be what he has made me, to remain where he has placed me. I am in Christ. This simple thought, carefully, prayerfully, believingly uttered, removes all difficulty as if there were some great attainment to be reached. No, I am in Christ, my blessed Savior. His love has prepared a home for me with himself when he says, Abide in my love. And his power has undertaken to keep the door and to keep me in if I will but consent. I am in Christ. I have now but to say, Savior, I bless you for this wondrous grace. I consent. I yield myself to your gracious keeping. I do abide in you. It is astonishing how such a faith will work out all that is further implied in abiding in Christ. There is in the Christian life great need of watchfulness and of prayer and of self-denial and of striving, of obedience and of diligence, but all things are possible to him who believes. Mark 9.23 This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 1 John 5, 4. It is the faith that continually closes its eyes to the weakness of the creature and finds its joy in the sufficiency of an almighty Savior that makes the soul strong and glad. It gives itself up to be led by the Holy Spirit into an ever deeper appreciation of that wonderful Savior whom God has given us the infinite Emmanuel. It follows the leading of the Spirit from page to page of the Blessed Word with the one desire to take each revelation of what Jesus is and what he promises as its nourishment and its life. 
in accordance with the promise, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. 1 John 2.24 It lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so it makes the soul strong with the strength of God to be and to do all that is needed for abiding in Christ. Believer, you want to abide in Christ. Only believe. Believe always. Believe now. Bow even now before your Lord and say to him in childlike faith that because he is your vine and you are his branch, you will this day abide in him. Questions for further thought. 1. The Bible teaches that your old nature remains evil, even after you have come to Christ for salvation. What is necessary for you to bear the fruits of righteousness God has called you to, to bear for him? 2. In his word, God teaches you that it is through his grace that you are in him that it is by faith that you received his gift of salvation. What now is required of you to enjoy his continuous grace you receive when you abide in him? 3. How can you know that you depend on Jesus as your true vine to keep you, protect you, and enable and prepare you to bear fruit for him? While Faith and Focus is a ministry of and faith, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of in faith as a ministry.